Hey yo, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Julia Dubois, and today you'll see how one tale turns to many on the tail end. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, you counted correctly. That was three hellos for you today. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope your week has been going well. We have had a pretty big week around here. We have hit a major milestone in our family's timeline. Both of our boys are now sleeping in the same room. What? Yes, you heard that correctly. Both boys are sleeping in the same room. It's pretty insane, actually. <laughs> Hasn't been great every single night, but um, we're getting there. <laughs> You know when your baby is born and you can't even think past the next few hours? Well, those hours turn into days and suddenly we had a 14-month-old who we were really tired of being roomies with, so we kicked him out. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, he got an eviction notice and his older brother lovingly took him into his room to save our sanity, and it has been going okay. Knock on wood. It could be worse. We've been lucky to have pretty good sleepers on our hands. Now we just need to figure out how to have them sleep well in the same room. But we're feeling good about it. If you don't have good sleepers, I'm just going to send some good juju out into the universe for you right now. There it goes. The juju's coming for you, so catch it. <laughs> I know I mentioned this in the previous episode, but you really should check out the podcast landing page to get your $50 Stitch Fix credit. No, this is not sponsored by them, although I would love that. Shout out to Stitch Fix. But I have loved getting stylized boxes of clothes each month and being able to pick and choose what I want and then send it back in a prepaid envelope and manage it all from their app. It's been crazy cool. So check it out. It's for men and women and even children. It costs you nothing to try and you can potentially get some stylish clothes for yourself if you're into that sort of thing. Head over to thetailendpodcast.podbean.com for your $50 Stitch Fix credit. I've also been asked if I'm going to start an Instagram for this podcast, and I don't think I'm going to at this time. Maybe once I've really got a big following and lots of followers, like some of my favorite podcasts, I will do that. But for now, you can find updates on the podcast on my personal Instagram and Facebook pages, so follow me there. The prompt for today's episode is as follows. It's all fun and games until someone loses a toe. When we boarded the train that morning, we had no idea what lay ahead of us. Finding seats, we each plugged into our devices and began numbing our minds in preparation for the long ride ahead. As the Ticketmaster came near, we all pulled our tickets out. Well, all of us except Polly. Our first tail end comes to us from Sierra Charlesworth, who hails from Oregon and Utah, otherwise known as Orguta or Utigan. Very common nicknames for those places. Anyways, yes, our very first tail end today comes from Sierra. Enjoy. It was a cold, brisk day in London, England. Polly and I had been friends since we were young. We had experienced everything together. We met in the first grade. Since her last name was Anderson and mine was Baker, I sat behind her. She was loud and social, and I was timid and shy. We had nothing to say to each other until the day she asked to borrow my ruler. We lived in a small town in Rye, England, a town of cobbled streets and tumbled-down rows of houses by the sea. 
a place where money was scarce, and my six-inch red plastic ruler was a valued possession. Reluctantly, I loaned it to Polly, and she kept it for too long, or so it seemed to me. I turned around to take it back, but Polly wasn't through with it. I grabbed it. She held on. The ruler broke. I cried. She cried. I blamed her, and she blamed me. And so the dynamics of our relationship continued throughout our elementary years. We were inseparable, but it was a sisterhood. We fought like sisters, and we loved like sisters. As the years passed, we spent many nights in each other's houses, whispering the night away with our plans for the future. We were going to move to a big city and be roommates in a gorgeous apartment. When we were older, probably around 25, we would marry and live next door to each other and be aunt to each other's children. Then life happened. We grew up and things changed as they do. Polly moved to London, got married, and had a baby in London, and I stayed in Rye. Through no reason at all, we fell away. I married too and convinced my husband to visit London for a long weekend away from our two children. He reluctantly agreed, as he was an introverted homebody. As we boarded the train, Polly came to my mind. She was always going to be successful, I thought to myself. Of course, she would become a lawyer in the big city. Successful, organized, driven Polly. I thought about contacting her once we got to the big city. After toiling and questioning my intuition, I gave her a ring once we reached our hotel. Hello? Polly asked questioningly. Polly! It's Stephanie, I responded with an incredibly high pitch, trying not to sound nervous. It had been about ten years since we had spoken, but she was still my good friend. Oh, wow, hi, Polly responded quite timidly. William and I are in the city for a long weekend and would love to see you. I responded, clenching my fist out of nervousness. Oh, um, sure, Polly reluctantly responded. Why was she being so awkward, I thought. I ignored it. Great, we will meet you at dinner tonight at 7. Bring Chad? When Polly showed up to dinner, she was completely disheveled. Her hair was thrown up on top of her head, probably hadn't been washed in days. Her shirt was falling off her shoulder and she had no jacket, even though it was rainy and cold outside, as it usually is in London. This was not like her. She was always so put together. I tried to hide my shock and gave her a hug. Where's Chad? I asked. Oh, um, he's at a meeting, she quickly came up with. We both looked at each other and we both knew she was lying. What is going on? I thought to myself. Throughout the evening, we talked and laughed and reminisced about the good old days. After quite a lovely evening, despite the awkward conversation regarding Chad at the beginning, Polly got up and quickly said, Do you guys want to go on an adventure throughout London tomorrow? I looked at my husband and he shrugged. We boarded the train early the next morning. I was tired from the long day of traveling and dinner. When we boarded the train that morning, we had no idea what lay ahead of us. Finding seats, we plugged into our devices and began numbing our minds in preparation for the long ride ahead. As the ticketmaster came near, we all pulled our tickets out. Well, all of us except Polly. What's going on with you? I spurted out without thinking. Whoops. This was, after all, not like her. Organized, type A self. Unorganized, losing tickets, and spontaneity. Who was this Polly? Chad and I are going through a divorce, she explained through a sigh. Got it. It all makes sense, I thought to myself. I'm sorry, I replied, not sure how to respond. I don't talk about things like this very well. Avoidance is a specialty of mine. In the background, as my mind was spiraling, she sweet-talked her way to the ticketmaster about not having a ticket. He fell for it. 
Man, not the Polly that I knew, I continued to think to myself. Throughout the day, we explored London. Polly was, for lack of better words, out of control. Talking to everyone, running from place to place like our 12-year-old selves again. As we got off the train to walk to Big Ben, Polly sprinted out the door. William looked at me and said, I'm going to go hang out in the hotel room. You two have fun. He was always confused by Polly. As Polly sprinted out the train door, I heard a shriek. Oh no, I sighed. The train door had closed on her foot and she was screaming in agony. Through crowds of people trying to help her, it looked as if her toe might be gone. In the ambulance, Polly looked at me and kept repeating, It was me. It was all my fault. It's all my fault. When we showed up at the hospital, Chad met us there. He looked worse than Polly. His beard was grown out, gangly and skinny and weak, looking like he hadn't eaten in weeks. Polly was in the background, still yelling, It's all my fault. It's all my fault. It was, amidst the obvious instability of Polly, such a fun day exploring. I hated that it ended this way. She had changed, but maybe it was for the better? She could let loose, have fun, and reconnect for the first time in a long time. Maybe the fact that Chad had turned into a jerk was a blessing. I'm just not sure how he could do whatever he did to Polly. It's all my fault. It's all my fault, I heard Polly continue to say. When Chad walked in, protective childhood friend mode kicked in and I splurted out. How dare you? What did you do? Cheat on her? Hurt her? What? Huh? Chad looked at me and said, Stephanie, it wasn't me. Your friend is not who you think she is. Wouldn't that be crazy to reconnect with a childhood friend years later and figure out that they're like so completely 100% totally different than what you think? I think that would be wild, especially to, I don't know, have something like that happen at the end of your trip where it just like completely blows up. That would be nuts. Anyway, I don't think my husband would be down for just like meeting up with a random friend in like a random city either, so... I don't think that would ever happen to me, but if it's ever happened to you, I want to hear about it. So you should go over and tell us about it on the podcast landing page. All right. And the second tale end for today is titled Polly and is by yours truly, Julia Dubois. It's all fun and games until someone loses a toe. When we boarded the train that morning, we had no idea what lay ahead of us. Finding seats, we each plugged into our devices and began numbing our minds in preparation for the long ride ahead. As the Ticketmaster came near, we all pulled our tickets out. Well, all of us except Polly. Polly was, well, how do I even describe her? I'll start at the beginning. Polly is my aunt, the sister of my father, and she has lived with my family as long as I can remember. She has a sweet but forgetful demeanor about her. Dad says it's short-term memory loss. Her curly brown hair is always bobbed short and framed her soft face to make her look sweet and kind. Polly loves to cook and eat, giving her body a bit of pudge, but no one minds it. It was all the more to love and snuggle into at the end of the day. That was one of my favorite times with Polly, actually. During the weeknights when my parents were both still at work, Polly and I would snuggle up on the sofa in the den, and she would read me the most wonderful stories of princesses and knights, faraway lands, and love at first sight. She couldn't remember which stories we had already read, and so I got away with her reading them over and over again. She didn't seem to mind. 
As I grew older, though, Polly's memory began to be less sweet and more burdensome. Simple requests, like remembering to shut the back door or remembering to turn off the hose outside, could turn disastrous if someone didn't follow up with her. I woke up from a nap one afternoon to two stray dogs roaming around in our basement, and I had to call animal control to come and gather them. I even had to figure out the public bus system after Polly forgot that she was supposed to pick me up when my rehearsal had ended late one day. It was an adventure, but I was immediately irritated when I returned home and she was just sitting on the sofa, enjoying my three sons. How was rehearsal for the show? She asked. I was too irrational to respond, so I just ran up to my room, no story and snuggled that night. It was getting harder and harder to live with her and her forgetfulness. Doctors could see her memory worsening and suggested we try to help her remember to strengthen her brain. That being the case, a few months later, my family decided that we would take a trip to try and jog her memory a bit. Polly and my dad grew up along the California coast near Crescent City. My mom and dad thought it would be a great idea to wander around her old stomping grounds and see if anything sparked a memory for her. We hoped it would help her in some way, so we boarded an early morning train for a long day trip up the coast. As we pulled out of the station, I remembered my ticket in the pocket of my cargo jacket and pulled it out. I looked around and noticed Polly, positioned next to the window, staring out into the distance. She seemed more aloof than normal and wasn't even slightly aware that the ticket master was drawing near and we needed to get our tickets out. Usually, Dad was the one to keep documents and important things for her so that one person could be in charge of making sure nothing got lost. This time, however, he had given the tickets to everyone, including Polly, before we boarded, since his hands were full of travel brochures and printed out directions around Crescent City. My mom ushered us toward the train, so I didn't see what Polly did with the ticket, but it was pretty clear now that she didn't have it. At least, she didn't seem to. The ticket master approached, and when it was apparent that Polly wasn't paying attention, Dad nudged her. Polly, can you hand me your ticket, please? Polly, dazed, sat upright and looked around the train car, no sign of recognition in her eyes. She pulled away from my dad's hand, suddenly seeming as if she were worried. Where, where, where am I? Who are you people? She stammered, her eyes wild. I scooted forward on my seat and showed my screensaver to her a picture of all of us. Polly, it's us, your family, remember? It's me, Jamie, and that's your brother Paul and your sister-in-law Mary, remember? Polly stared at the phone, frozen with fear. I, d- I don't know you people. I- How did I get here? She said as she recoiled into the side of her seat. The ticket master was very unsure of how to continue, so he handed Mom our tickets and whispered, I'll be back in a few minutes. See if you can find that ticket. He continued moving down the aisles, but kept an eye on our seats as he did so. I didn't blame him. Polly was acting so odd. Sure, she was forgetful, but this was the furthest I had ever seen it go, and now she was causing a scene on the train. Heads were poking up to see what all of the trouble was while we were trying to help Polly feel comfortable again. Polly, Mom said, why don't you come sit over here? Would that make you more comfortable? Polly eyed Dad as she grabbed her bag and clutched it tight to her body. Shaking, she replied, Okay, but no one touch me. Okay, okay, Polly, no one's going to touch you, I said, and scooted back to the back of my seat. The rest of my family followed suit, and we tried to act like nothing was wrong. Polly slowly stood and started to make her way toward the empty seat next to Mom. 
As she shuffled along the carpet, however, a slight lift in the carpet made her trip, and her bag went flying out of her hands and into the aisle. She landed on top of me, and it landed just in front of a woman walking our way. Looking down at her phone, the woman didn't see the obstruction and stepped right on top of Polly's bag. She let out a blood-curdling scream and hopped off of it almost immediately, grabbing her foot. Polly scrambled to retrieve her bag, but the contents spilled out of the side due to a large hole. Looking on with utter horror, we saw the contents shifting about, a hand-sized hacksaw being one of them. Putting the pieces together, I realized slowly that Polly had packed a hacksaw for our trip, and that something had now happened to that woman because of said hacksaw. The woman had drawn her foot to her and was clutching her shoe, soaking with blood. My small toe! I can't feel my toe! I think it's gone! The woman moaned and cried. Other passengers ran to her aid, and the ticketmaster ran to the emergency phone at the end of the car. Dad rushed to Polly and grabbed her off of me, pushing her onto the seat next to me by the shoulders. What is that doing in your bag, Polly? Polly! Polly, answer me! Suddenly, Polly locked eyes with Dad and sat upright in her seat. Paul? What's wrong? Did something happen? Why why is everyone looking at me? A pit sunk in my stomach. The doctor said that she may have episodes of time where she did things she didn't remember. Why did it have to be today, here, now? Confused, Dad continued to keep eye contact with Polly. Polly, do you know what just happened? Do you know what's going on? Well, we're on our way to Crescent City, right? What happened to that woman? She looks terrible. I have never personally dealt with anyone who has had memory loss in their family, but I can only imagine how scary that kind of an instance would be for something that traumatic to happen and to not remember what happened. So I really hope that that doesn't affect anyone that I know personally. I do watch the show This Is Us, and the mom deals with some memory loss issues. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. And um, so I think that's what kind of made me think of that. Anyway, that's that episode for you. I hope you enjoyed that tail end. I wanted to thank you guys again for listening and for supporting this podcast. It is so fun to put these stories together um, and to just have support from people that I know. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I have posted this reminder on the podcast landing page, but just as another reminder, episodes for the tail end will now be live every other Saturday. This is going to help with my sanity and allow you guys to get well-published episodes and stories. Thank you so much for listening today and for being here with me to hear different tail ends. I hope you have an awesome week and I will see you later. Adios.